Ephesians 4 and 1. You're just holding it. This is my Bible. It is the word of truth. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can. I'm a believer and not a doubter. I'm a doer and not just a hearer. I am humble before the Lord. I'm obedient to the Lord. I'm mature in the Lord. And I'm enthusiastic about the Lord. I know that. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. Ephesians 4, 1 through 3. And I kind of combined it. I like the New Living Translation, but I had to pull out the English Standard Version for a specific word that God impressed on my heart. And it says, I, therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling. Some Bibles say vocation. To which you have been called. And I like the new living at the end. It says, for you have been called by God. With all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love. With all humility, some of your Bibles say lowliness. Verse 3, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of of peace. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit. This is some other versions. Binding yourself together with peace. You may take your seats. I gotta take my time. We have been discussing stewardship in its many facets since the beginning of the year, and I'm going to continue in the, in the same vein of what God has been teaching us. Like I said, it's been impressed upon my heart to talk to you about the call on your life. This call is layered, layered. It is to be built upon. And for some reason, there is an urgency in this message to encourage you to respond to the call on your life. An urgency to encourage you to respond to the call on your life. And so I'm speaking to you to the, from the title this morning, Stewardship Over the Call. Stewardship over the call. And so with that, it is my prayer this morning that you would gain three things as a result of this message. One, that you would understand the depth of the call. That you would again respond to the call. And three, that you would consider the God whom called you and is calling you by name. You see, whether you realize it or not, you have a call on your life. One way or another, you are called to be a steward 
over this call. And as stewards, we are to take care of all that God has entrusted to us. It's not enough just to say, I've been called by God. Think about it. What good is a call Good is it? What good is a call that is results you don't even respond to? What fulfillment comes from a call not responded to? What good is a call that is answered and yet still remains unfulfilled? And what good is a call we answer when we live in a way that brings shame and disgrace on the one who called us? It's one thing to not answer the call at all. It's another thing to say yes and then not do what the call requires you to do. And then it's something completely different to say yes and answer the call and then walk in a manner unworthy of the one who called you. This is why Paul says, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you. I beg you to walk in a manner. Some lead a life in a manner. Worthy of the calling to which you have been called. For you have been called by God. Walk worthy of the call. Philippians 1 and 27 says, above all, someone say, above all, you must live as citizens of heaven, conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ. And you know what? We look at the word walk, don't it seem so simple? Just walk. But like I told you, this word is layered. This is not the walk. This walk is not a stroll in the park kind of walk. This walk is loaded. The walk here means to progress, to make use of opportunities, to live, to regulate and conduct one's life. Went a little further. It said to tread, to trample, to crush with the feet, to advance by setting foot upon. You know, when I saw the words tread and trample and crush with the feet, I had to ask, are we still talking about walking, walking worthy? You see, but what the Spirit of God wants you to know and wants you to realize is that in order to have stewardship over this call, the call on your life, there are going to be some things that you have to tread that threaten the call on your life. You're going to have to trample some things. You're going to have to get some things underneath your feet while you walk this walk. In Luke chapter 10, 1 and 2, the Lord called and sent 70 out to spread the good news. He said that the harvest was plenty, but the labors are few. And then you drop down in that same chapter. They went out and they were successful. And when the 70 returned, it said that they were joyful. And they said, behold, even the, they said, even the devils are subject unto us 
through your name, Lord. He said, behold, I give you power to tread on the serpents and the scorpions and over all power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Huh? That's the ones who went out. That's the one who said yes. And that's the one who was worthy. Huh? They did it in a worthy manner. They had power over the enemy. Amen? This walk means to encounter successfully. To encounter successfully. The greatest perils. Now, what are perils? Possibly incurring loss. Loss of all kinds. Misfortune. Exposure to injury. The risk of death. And all of this is a result of plots and schemes from the enemy. Persecutions. There's some countries where they are persecuted. They are killed for sharing this gospel. They're killed for living a Christian life and sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. And we live right here in a free land. And we won't tell our next door neighbor that Jesus lives. To encounter successfully. And so, I, you know, just need you to realize that it's not just to encounter, but to encounter successfully. And it's not that we don't encounter some of these things, because I know that some of you right now in this room are going through or have gone through some of the greatest perils. Death of loved ones. Loss of all kinds. Some of you bore sickness and disease and even faced death. And so it's not just that we have gone through, but that we have encountered these things successfully. What does that mean? And what does successfully mean in that manner? We are yet praying and fighting the good fight of faith, knowing the God who has kept us is still keeping us. It's so crazy. In my notes, I said, I'm talking to the one who was suicidal, who knows it was nobody but the Lord that kept you. I'm talking to the one that almost gave up, but tapped into that thing that they know that God, I can... Make it, God, I know you're with me. God, I know you're keeping me. God, I know you're, you're, you're with me. You won't let me fall. You see, what you don't know is my husband and I got a call late last night. One of those late phone calls that when your phone rang, you know Something ain't right. And it was then that we found out that my stepson took his life. And so the urgency in this message was urgent when I wrote it, but even the more urgent for you to understand. The call on your life is urgent. 
Lives are at stake. We got to walk worthy. We got to be vigilant and sober. This thing is real. This ain't play play. So I just want to talk to some people who understand what I'm talking about. There's a reason some can praise in the midst of a storm. It doesn't mean that you're absent of what life is offering you. It doesn't mean you're absent or without without trial and tribulation, without struggle, without pain, without frustration. It doesn't mean that your life is without that. In fact, when you give your life to Christ and when you sign up and say, yes, I'll go, the trials seem to find you. It's going to rain on the just and the unjust. The difference is you going through, you trust in God. You crying, you trust in God. You're praying, hey, you're trusting God. Somebody crawling, but they trust in God. You don't know what it takes for some people to get out of the bed in the morning, to put the feet side by side, and to walk, to walk, to walk, to walk. This is not a walk that you get to sit down on. Because whether you say yes or you decide not to answer or whether whatever you decide to do with the call that's on your life, life is going to happen. I pray that you be found in Christ. I pray that you be found that you had said, yes, Lord. I'm going to walk. I'm going to walk this thing out. I know you got me. Oh, it's hard, it's hard, it's hard right now. But I know you got me, Lord. Some people define success in all type of ways. They think it looks like a house. They think it looks like a car. Maybe a better position. And those things are wonderful. And those things could even be blessings. But the success in this walk, for some people, is that I'm still here. I'm still here. I'm still standing up. I'm still walking. I'm still praying. I'm still trusting. I'm still going on. I'm still pressing toward the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I'm still going. I'm still trekking. I'm still pushing. I'm still pressing. 
Success because you're still here. When you think about your own testimony, I keep thinking about mine when the bullet went. It don't mean the bullet wasn't shot. It's just, it's just that but God, but God, but God. You need to know that there's an enemy he's shooting his best shot. He's not taken down. If you answer the call, walk, walk, walk in the call. Walk in the call. In a manner worthy. Worthy. I dare somebody shout, I'm still here. I'm still here. I'm still here. Because whether you know it or not, I see it, I feel it in this room. Somebody's struggling. But God is a keeper. God can keep you. God can preserve you and protect you and uplift you. He said he'll hold you with his righteous right hand. You know, we have success in this walk when we realize we have a known enemy who gladly and willingly frustrates, opposes, crosses the call on your life. Some of the words says thwart. The enemy comes to thwart. Cross. Oppose. Prevent the spreading of this gospel. Prevent you from walking in the call that God has on your life. Prevent you from doing what he's called you to do. Hinder you. Slow you down, frustrate you, annoy you, drag at you, pull at you. When he can't get you, he try your kids. This thing is real. But when you realize that, that you, and you begin to know that, and you can recognize that, that you got an enemy who wants you to be confused and frustrated, depressed, wants us as a body to be divided and broken. When we realize we have this enemy that's always plotting and, and scheming against us, and then, and then, somebody say, and then. And then we come to understand that we have access. Latham, we got access to the almighty God. We fight a little bit harder. You know, Latham taught us on Wednesday that we got access to two realms. Yeah. The earthly realm and the heavenly realm. You got access. That's when you begin to have success. Not just that you recognize the enemy and you recognize what he's able to and capable of doing, but when you realize that you have access to the heavenly realm. When you realize that you serve a God who is king of kings and lord of lords, the God who is able to do all things, the God that is able to keep you in the midst of your frustration, in the midst of your pain, in the midst of I can't do it again, Lord Jesus, 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 in the midst, in the midst of all of that. Yeah. Hallelujah! Yeah. 
when you realize you have access to that God, you can fight a little bit harder, press a little longer, walk a little faster, stomp on some things, let some things slide, because God gave you his perspective. Oh, that's real small. I can't worry about that right now. Lives are at stake. Salvation is on the line. Minds need to be restored. You know, when Job was going through his struggle, the Bible says he cursed the day he was born. He was a righteous, an upright man, the Bible says. That lets you know your trials can get there. You can get to a place where you can curse the day he was born. And then later, finally in his letter, the same man who cursed the day he was born praised God in the midst and say. I will not curse God. I will yet hold on to my integrity. <laughs> Some people that are experts today and different doctors may call Job crazy. He was this way, then he was this way. But those of you who know, for those of you who have access to, to two realms, you understand that you can get yourself in a place where you're feeling down and you are feeling low. And in one sentence, you can say, oh, my God, I cursed the day that I was born. But in the next breath, for God, I live. Hey! And for God, I die. Though they slay me, yet, yet will I trust him. It's not crazy, that's a battle. Yeah. You think about it like this. I thought about it like this. Uh, and I thought about major. You know, the focus on a camera, focus. That's what Job was able to do. He was able to tap into a, a principle that has the power to sustain and keep us in battle. It's called focus. And when you think about that focus on the camera, it says uh, all the, when you, when you try to focus that, that on, the, get the focus on a camera, all the light um, is, is caused to pass through a tiny hole and to concentrate on the image sensor. And as a result, the image you focus on will appear bigger and in focus. Think about that on the physical camera. First thing you need to do is make sure your lens is clean. You can manually focus. You can manually turn that dial. But a lot of these cameras nowadays, they come with this feature called the auto adjust. <laughs> it's a feature that comes with most of them. And so I look at it like this in the spirit. Cleaning the lens is, it, cleaning the lens is being careful of what you allow in your ears and your eyes. Uh -huh. Wash your thoughts with his word so that you can focus on him. And then I looked at the manual focus major like this. While we are going through a difficulty, being able to adjust so that you can focus on God's perspective, the manual is when you can kind of do that right away. 
lightweight. It's when you could kind of check yourself. And then the auto adjust. It's like the Holy Spirit being so strong inside of you that you can say something out loud and even to yourself that don't quite line up with the word of God. I can't do this. This is not working. And before you know it, the greater one that lives on the inside of you says, not so. Uh, you belong to me. Uh, you belong to the almighty God. Adrian, you are more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. Huh? Mama J, you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. Oh, get up and walk, walk, walk. Take up your bed and, and walk for somebody, for somebody in this place on today. That's the auto-adjust. It's when it's automatic, even when you try to tell your stuff, your own stuff. You got to tell yourself. But <laughs> the question today is, do you have auto-adjust? Do you got the auto-adjust feature working in your life? Do you have the auto-adjust? And let me tell you this, the auto-adjust is working off of the word you put inside, all that quality prayer time, all the praise and worship songs you got inside of there, got you singing about his goodness, talking about his goodness, reading about his goodness, dancing, somebody dancing, dreaming about his goodness. That's when that auto-adjust is running over. Filled to the overflow. And you need that. You're going to need that. Because when life happens, and life will happen, life is happening. When you're operating in that auto-adjust and you constantly focus, connected, that's what spills over. That's what comes out in the midst of your trial. That's what keeps you and preserves you. So take this nugget. We focus by staying connected and being obedient. We focus by staying connected and being obedient. And listen to this. Staying connected will help you be obedient. And being obedient will help you stay connected. They were, they were they right there together. It's disobedience is what separates us from God. We're still talking about stewardship over the call. And so God is yet still calling us today, whether it be uh, the call to an office or service, a call to holy living, a call to salvation, a call to an appointed time. God called some of you and gave you a charge, whether that was to an office or for the equipping of the saints. We see that in Ephesians 4 and 12. But this is not always an easy call to uphold. You know, we can look at Paul's life as an example. Man, Paul, man. Paul said he was a prisoner of Jesus Christ because his life, Gloria asked the question, why did he say he was a prisoner? His life was marked by suffering and persecution, making him a prisoner for Jesus Christ. And yet, let's get this, even while Paul was in chains, locked up, somebody say locked up, locked up, he used his time to share the gospel. He continued to do the very thing that caused him to be locked up in the first place. The cause of his suffering, 
The thing that put him in chains is also the very thing that gave him life in Christ. Paul answered the call while he was frustrated, imprisoned, hindered by sickness. He was plotted against, schemed against. On his travels, it said that the Jews, that they laid in wait for him. They plotted and schemed. But because of his connection, on one of his journeys, when he was headed, he was going to go to Syria. And it said that the, as they plotted against him and they laid in wait and schemed and they had a magnificent plan, when you connect it, when you focus, God will steer you in the right direction. And instead of going to Syria, he went to Macedonia. He purposed to go to Macedonia, is what the word says. But the point is, in spite of everything that he was going through, in spite of everything that he faced, the trials and the tribulations, sickness, imprisonment, he upheld the call. He was a steward over the call. And he walked in a manner worthy of the call on his life. Nowadays, people say Paul understood the assignment. He knew what he got himself into, and he knew what he had to do to fulfill his call. In 2 Timothy 4 and 1, it says, and this one is geared more towards those preachers and teachers, those who said yes, huh? that they would labor in the spreading of this good news. I solemnly urge you, I charge you, in the presence of God and of Jesus Christ, who is, the, who is to judge the living and the dead when he comes to set up his kingdom. He said, preach the word. Be instant in season and out of season. Whether the time is favorable or not, patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. Preach the word. Be instant in season and out of season, whether the time is favorable or not. Patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. There was one dilemma in that, in my study, that God impressed on my heart. He says, um, we minimize the call. We minimize this charge. He said, we watered it down. We done made it too casual. And then we built up all these other things around it. He said, he said the call to salvation is, is so lightweight. We don't tell people to have to put on the garments that he provides. Not the physical clothes that we like to put an emphasis on, but the garments of righteous deeds that come from his love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, meekness, gentleness, and self-control. We don't want to tell people that. We say, come. Come on. But when you come, he wants you to love. He wants you to be kind and gentle. 
meekness and self-control. You can't just haul off and say what you want, when you want, how you want, to who you want, when you want. You can't, it doesn't work like that. You got to walk in a manner worthy of the call on your life. And the reason you can do that and you can keep yourself is because you consider the one who called you. Consider. Think about the one who gave you the charge. You can't look at the people that frustrate you because people will frustrate you. Oh, you, you don't think I was going to tell you that reality. Oh, you will be frustrated. There are difficult people to live with, to work with, to operate with. They're difficult. So you can't fix your eyes on them and then try to walk in love. Oh, you got to fix your eyes, your focus, your connection. You have to consider, is what the word says, the one who called you, the one who gave you the charge. Remember your why. Why you do the things that you do. Remember why you say, yes, Lord, I'll go. Remember? You got to remember. Otherwise, you might find yourself, hey, this is not something I think. This ain't working out. This is not going. It's not going the way that I thought it should be going. And his call is irrevocable. So whether you choose to walk away from it or answer it or not answer it, it's still there. It's still a call. It's still a call. I said, man, we minimized it. We watered it down and made it kind of casual. Status quo. Lightweight. God was just reminding me lives are at stake. And the enemy is pulling out all the tricks. He's doing everything. And he don't change his game plan. He's been doing the same thing from the beginning of time. He don't have a new playbook. He just tried new people and get over on people that don't know or unaware or off guard, not focused not connected, not walking worthy. Walking, but not walking worthy. He just said, I wish that you were either hot or cold. That lukewarm spit you out of my mouth. One of my studies, I, I found out that it's the scorpions and the serpent, the serpents, they want to, they thrive in lukewarm territory. That's the enemy. You lukewarm. You halfway in, you halfway out. You're a perfect target for an enemy. You uncertain. You may try that and do a little bit of that. Lives are at stake. I'm taking my time, amen? And the types of calls that I believe we need to respond to today, there's some types of calls. It's a call out. 
That's a holy call. It's a call to come out of darkness. It says you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous, marvelous light. You know, there is a way that seems right to a man, but the end there is is destruction. Sometimes we think we know which way to go. But God is yet calling you out of darkness. Somebody might be saying today, I'm walking, I'm progressing. But Lord, I believe you want me to tread on some things that threaten whether I walk in a manner worthy of the call you have on my life. I think you want me to trample some things, tread some things. I'm walking, I'm progressing. I'm coming along. That's you, still calling you out. A call to, that's a heavenly call. Hey, here's a beautiful depiction of the heavenly calling in Revelations 19 and 9. It says, blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. All the invitations that you get when God is saying, come on, good and faithful servant, well done. Are you concerned at all that you may not get invited? You may not get the invitation to the wedding banquet. That's a concern that we ought to all be concerned about for our loved ones, for our family, for our friends. You can't water it down. Huh? Water down, think about some water down. I don't know why I keep thinking about grits. Be like, those are too water, that's too watery. Some other food, that is too, it's too water. I can't taste it. You understand? He, we, we telling them, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. They can't taste it because you got it too watery. They don't know just how good he is. We want to give them the sugar, but you don't want to give them that vegetable. Huh? That thing that's really good for them. That's hard to say. That's going to sustain them. It's going to keep them. Huh? No more water. We can't water. It can't, no, it's too watery. You know, the Holy Spirit is saying to someone this morning, come out from among them and be ye separate. He has something greater in store for your life. And the truth is you can't do it all by yourself anyway. Come unto me, all ye who are burdened and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He said, take my yoke upon you. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. And some of you this morning are just being called to an appointed time, a specific assignment. Think about Esther. Y'all know the story about Esther? And who knows? If perhaps you may be called for such a time as this. So you might be hearing this message today and saying to yourself, I know I need to answer a specific assignment the Lord has for me. One of those calls, they fit, they, they're fitting for this room. They're fitting the call, whether it's a calling out or calling to. Something that you know you're supposed to do. 
and some who've already accepted the charge to walk worthy of a man, in a manner that is pleasing to God. I just want you to know that if he calls you to do a thing, may I encourage that person. He'll provide what you need to complete it. I'm talking to my own self. As you walk in it, he will provide. As you walk in it, as you walk, not as you stand still or not respond. Trust his leading. Amen? And so this morning, if any of those are you, I invite you at this time to stand or kneel for prayer this morning. If you feel so led, you, the altar is open. Hallelujah to his name this morning. Hallelujah, glory to his name this morning. Oh, you're worthy to be praised in this place. Oh, from the rising of the sun until the going down of the same, it says that his name is worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. I see now. Everybody stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You are worthy in this place. We thank you this morning for your word, Lord God. We know this morning that it fell on good ground. Hallelujah. And that it will accomplish what you sent it out to do. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. God, I pray this morning that you touch every household, every family, Lord. I pray, I pray for strength for my own family, Lord. We thank you this morning for your keeping power. We thank you, Lord. We trust you. Help us to walk worthy in a worthy manner and consider the one who called us. Amen? Go ahead and give God some praise in the place. Hallelujah.